looking at low school attendance rates, so that there is a government-announced plan to reach a goal of 70% attendance by 2024. We know that there's been a steady decline, which is apparently back to around about 2015. But then the pandemic came along and it made it even worse. So where are we at now? Apparently, currently fewer than 60% of students regularly attend school. Former Labor Minister's Director at Massey University, Steve Mahari, joins us now, Chair of Education New Zealand. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. So this problem with truancy, um, you say that COVID didn't invent the problem, it made it worse. But So what's the problem to begin with? Well, the problem has always been there to some extent that uh, New Zealand has always had a, an absentee problem, not necessarily um, always truancy. Um, there are other reasons why people don't, don't uh, turn up at school, but we've always had that. The major solution to it has been to try and give more resources to schools so because they, they're the ones who actually know about their pupils, they know where they live, they know their parents, etc. So there's been a direct line to do that. And that, over the years, I think, has, has made a difference when that, when that resourcing has been right. In 2012, there was a shift to outsourcing um, support for absenteeism, and truancy kinds of issues, and direct result, I think, is, is, has not been good. And then COVID, of course, came along, and as we move out of COVID, I think we've got a sort of double whammy, that is that, that there is a problem there, and that problem's been made vastly harder by the fact that COVID sent a lot of kids home. Uh, we know that, for example, a lot of families are shifting houses. They try to keep their... their um, their income under control, their revenue under control. We know that some kids are going to going to work a little earlier because they are trying to support their families, etc. So there's going to have to be a concerted effort to get um, kids back into school, back into classrooms, and back regularly attending. Not a new problem; it's just a bigger problem than we've had before. So, in terms of what the government are planning, do you think that's going to actually address it, or is it um, not enough focus on? Is there enough focus on individual sort of schools taking? control of this problem? Well, I don't know what the government's going to do yet because they're still thinking through what they, they might use to address this, but I would suggest to them that the best the best solution is to return to a much more pumped-up version of schools being able to follow their, their kids and make sure that they can visit their home, for example, that they're in contact with them constantly. It's not easy these days because families obviously have... Um, mobile phones, etc. So there's those devices that you can use. But I think a pumped-up resource that the schools have access to is the best one to, to use. So hopefully they'll they'll use that and move away from the outsourced model, yeah. Are we, when we're discussing this, is truancy misleading? As in, are there children who would be included in this uh, percentage of low school attendance who are not truants, but somehow kind of casual attitudes have crept in amongst the students and also their parents? Yeah, it is misleading in the sense that absenteeism isn't always a person you know, choosing not to come to school that day. They might be ill. Mum and dad might, might um, be shifting because, as I said before, things like housing, so they're out of school for that period of time. It is, it is not um, unusual, even before COVID, to have large numbers of students shifting from one school to the other. So they might be absent for a, a week even as the parents get settled in because parents are seeking a... a a lower rent or a better housing accommodation and so on, so they obviously shift school with it. So we've got to be careful we don't call this only truancy, that people are willingly not going to school. There is another element of absenteeism which goes with ill health, with housing, with whatever. But there definitely is an increase in the number of people who are just not going to school. And I think what COVID did too was it kind of broke a link for a lot of kids from, from school. They were at home. 
They were on their um, device. They were not necessarily supervised as they would have been before because parents are busy going to work, two-income households, all this sort of thing. And I think that link um, has, has probably been broken for a lot of kids in a way which is not helpful. Yeah. And that is probably leading to them to more willingness to be true than, than before, yes. Uh, there was a story I think I saw in Glenn Innes of a principal, that, and they're really getting active and engaging with their communities. And it, and it seems that that's bringing the results. Is that the sort of, you know, these individual schools taking this really energetic approach to dealing with their communities, is that something that the government can support? And, and how would they do it? Because in a way, the role of central government seems sort of a one-size-fits-all, whereas you really need to empower... Uh, principles that are in the, at, at each community, don't you? I think so too. And I think one of the things that we've discovered during COVID is a more urgent need than we ever thought for what you might call a sort of fully resourced school. Because schools these days are, are, are really the centre of what are a lot of growing learning problems. We've noticed a lot of, lot of growth and issues which relate to kids learning properly. Teachers are trying to deal with that in the classroom rather than have a teacher aide say support them to do it. Not every class has that. And on top of that, we know, we know that schools are increasingly the centre for social issues. So kids arrive at school, there's been violence in the home or they haven't been fed properly or they've got a lot of stress in their life or whatever. Schools are dealing with that as well. And we've really got to face the fact that that is what is happening in reality. Yeah. There have been many attempts to do that, things like social workers and school programmes over the years, but it's probably time to just sort of face up to the fact that schools are more than just education. They've, they've become major centres for their communities. They know their community better than anybody else. Parents and communities rely on the school. So if we resource them better, I think we could deal with these problems in a more holistic way, as you say, and let them work with their communities. But also the big payoff would be that teachers and principals could get back to education because one of the things I found when I was doing some work with particularly um, school, the primary and secondary schools last year and early this year, is a lot of people are talking about the fact that they're spending hours a day really yeah. with, with issues of, of a social nature or trying to, to cope with learning yeah. disabilities and the actual education is not getting the attention that it needs. So we've got a, a real deficit here I think that we need to come to grips with COVID. So COVID's really driven that to, to a exactly. higher level and the way to solve it is what you've said, that is to have schools properly resourced working with their communities, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the program. Very important issue. Steve Mahari, who is Chair of Education New Zealand. Enjoy your Sunday. Same to you. Thanks a lot.